previously on Unbillable Boston. It was during the days of the old motion session, oh. and it was shortly around 2 o'clock, and there were probably 100 lawyers in the room, and it was an unbelievable moment because um, my client burst out in tears, mm-hmm. and I remember, and I couldn't even tell you who they were because I was a kid, mm. but I remember all of these gray-haired members of the bar coming over to me and congratulating me. They didn't have any clue who I was and telling me, um, uh, you know, what a good job I had done. And, and, and I remember my client, um, who was in really rough shape physically, um, was able to hire a personal care attendant, and he took his son, and they traveled the world together for a year before oh, he passed away. And it was really an unbelievable um, thing to see that you could make a difference to someone. That was attorney Howard Cooper last week on the podcast. Real cool chat with Howard about a lot of his past cases. And if you haven't heard that uh, interview before, go back and take a listen. Go to unbillableboston.com or go to thebostonpodcast.com. If you forget, it might be easy to remember, thebostonpodcast.com. You got it? Okay, cool. Welcome back to the show, everyone. This is Dave. I am David Yaz. I'm a financial planner and special needs planner over at Morgan Stanley. If you ever want to reach me, shoot me an email, davidlyas at gmail.com. You can request bookings for the show at unbillableboston at gmail.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. As I've said, take a listen to all of our past episodes if you can. And when you can, give us a chance to like us, share us, follow us, any of that stuff, like us on Facebook, wherever you happen to see us, we appreciate the clicks. We appreciate the attention. We are gluttons for attention. We just love it. Uh, Anyway, on the podcast uh, this week, it's a good one. You're going to hear the five-minute drill, which is a segment we like to do with four professionals, which was recorded live at a networking event. And uh, that'll come up first. After that, you'll hear an interview with David Karofsky, who is uh, a business consultant and he has some pretty cool stories about businesses in crisis and just to hear what what david does and what his his business is like you'll um you'll find it very interesting i i'm quite sure of it um thanks to uh my co-hosts as usual sarah worley from worley conflict conflict resolution and max perlman from the law office of hirsch roberts llp and um listen it's a good show I hope everyone's enjoying their uh, their spring, and we will um, uh, be seeing you here on Unbillable Boston. Every Monday is when we come out. We appreciate the attention. We appreciate the support. But that's enough for me. I'm boring you. Wait, don't touch that dial. Check this out. It's time for the show. This one's for you, Boston. Boston's a different city than it was 20 years ago. The hope rises again, and the dream lives on. Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. The world will return to this great American city to run harder than ever, and to cheer even louder. This is our f***ing city. The five-minute drill. Time is very precious to me. Put that coffee down. It's about honor. In any fight, it's the guy who's willing to die who's going to win that itch. You were meant to be here tonight. Either you're somebody or you're nobody. Don't give up. 
Don't ever give up. Laura Maruzzi, MFA Capital Advisors, Mergers and Acquisition Advisory Work. Wow. Okay. That, which, what do you want to do with the remaining 11 seconds? <laughs> um, about you. I'm Bob Cox. I'm an environmental attorney with Bowditch and Dewey, and I uh, defend claims when they're brought by the Environmental Protection Agency and Massachusetts Department of Environmental Protection, EPA and DPA, DEP, to you. Yes, that's correct, Bob Cox. Thank you. I'm glad you got it right. Okay. And uh, Mr. Cronin, go ahead. I'm Paul Cronin with Successful Transition Planning, and we provide baby boomers with a framework for creating a meaningful next chapter of life. Um, part of a consortium of 70 professionals around the world. All right, we got five minutes on the clock. Here we go. I hope you guys are ready. Okay, if you're, uh, how would your clients describe you in a word or two? How would your clients describe you in a word or two? Yes, Laura. Uh, trusted advisor, thorough. Read the documents thoroughly. Make sure that you know cross every T and dot every I. Mm-hmm. You got that right. The I and the T. I yeah. make that up sometimes. <laughs> Bob. Bob Exceedingly diligent and thorough. Okay. And Paul. Uh, great listener and very creative with new ideas. Okay, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Paul. <laughs> uh, he's got a pass. I'm hitting the X uh, sound effect there. Um, <laughs> we'll get back to you. Bob, superpower. Fly. Yep, of course. It's either fly or invisible. Everybody knows that, right? Okay. <laughs> Clone myself so I can be in two places at once. Oh, I like that. Laura's running around everywhere. Okay. Paul, you got one? The ability to think of a snappy comment when prompted. <laughs> <laughs> maybe someday. Maybe someday. I, I'm, I'm very happy in my own skin. Why do I need a superpower? <laughs> you, already, you, are, you are your own superpower. That's a good response. That's the best response. I guess yeah. you are a superpower. Okay. Um, let's see. What's the nicest compliment a client has ever given you? Bob? Thank you very much, Mr. Cox. That's it? <laughs> That's it. That's all you got. That's all I got. You deserve better. Thank you, I know. Uh, Laura, how about you? I would say thank you for, uh, I had a client situation where one of the shareholders passed away 24 hours before the closing, and we had to deal with the emotional aspect of getting the documents all re-signed by the wife during the time when they were sitting Shiva. So the way we handled that appropriately. That's great. And by the way, thanks for bringing us down. Sorry. Uh, Paul, no, I'm That's very nice. Paul. Um, thanks for asking the toughest question I've ever been asked and forcing me to make a decision I need to make. Very good. Okay. Um, how much cash do you have on you right now, Paul? $123. Really? Oh, Bob? Is that really any of your business? Uh, no. Right. Six and change? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Bob, I got I, I have twenty three dollars. Really? I see. That's interesting. Twenty three is more interesting than buzz off. Okay. Uh, let's see. If you could tell the eighteen year old version of you a piece of advice today, what would you say to the eighteen year old version of you, Lara? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I would say uh, take risks. Mm-hmm. Be strong. That's Keep good. Bob. You really should go back to school. (laughs) (laughs) But you went to school? A little bit later. So just more school, okay. Paul? Uh, Go on that trip across country with your friend Hank that you said you couldn't go on. Did you end up going? No, and I regret it. I had the same same regret. I never went cross country. See, that's what I did, and that's why I would go to school. (laughs) See, I I did it when I was 16. Grouse is always greener when you go back to the time machine. Okay. 
What percent of uh, uh, the greater Boston professional community, just everybody, professional advisors of all sorts, what percent are real jerks? What percent are real jerks? <laughs> Bob? Oh boy. Um, one percent. <laughs> one percent. Uh, that can't possibly be true. It's gotta be true. You're an officer. It's true. Okay. Thought? Five percent. Five percent? Getting close to seven percent. Really? Not, not USA, in the, not, but not, not in this room. Not no, in the greater Boston business community? That wasn't yeah. the question. Not in this room. Bob, what if the question were lawyers, members of the bar of Massachusetts, what percentage of jerks? A, a bit higher than 1%. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See? Now we're talking. Um, if you can't identify who the jerk is in your circle of friends, then you're the jerk. We know that. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, did you ever play an instrument? If so, tell us. If not, tell us what you'd like to. Laura. Piano and the accordion. You play them both? I used to. Really? When I was a child. Yep. Wow. Kid, I, I can play chopsticks now, that's about it. Eat your heart out, Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> Bob. Guitar, it was embarrassing. Really? Don't pick it up anymore? No. Paul? I uh, never have, I would like to play the guitar someday. All right. Um, okay, In your, if your wildest professional dreams come true one, one year from now, what will your world look like? How will it be different? Bob? I would be David Yass. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. We should just end there. Laura, one year from now, where, where, where do you want to be? Uh, I want to have a Boston office. Excellent. And Paul? Uh, I would be speaking before thousands of people who want to hear a message that's really empowering about how creating a meaningful next chapter of life. I like it. Correct. Good way to end. How about a hand for these folks? Studio audience. Well done. Well done. Thank you for participating in the uh, trials and tribulations right. of... This is Chelsea Lochran of Wolf Greenfield and Sachs, and you are listening to Unbillable Boston. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Unbillable Boston. I'm David Yaz, your host from Morgan Stanley, where I do investment planning and special needs planning. And if you have any questions about that, shoot me an email, david.yas at morganstanley.com. I give away my uh, my email. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, not every host does that, right, David? That's so, true. That and true. the David in question, we have dueling Davids today, but uh, David Karofsky is my guest. He has uh, his own practice as a family business advisor, and he's had a career including stints as CEO and and uh, you have an eclectic career. Would you agree you have an eclectic career? Very. I, am a, uh, I always tell people I'm a consummate generation Xer. I've had <laughs> multiple careers and jobs over you know, 20, 25 years uh, mm -hmm. to, to finally arrive at, at where I am. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, so are you happy doing what you do now? I love what I do. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've, I've been doing this now for a little over six years. I uh, joined my father in, in, in our family business consulting practice. Uh, that he had been doing for, for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, prior to that, had a whole bunch of jobs, everything from counseling kids in a juvenile prison to real estate brokerage and development. I uh, worked at EMC, big high-tech storage company, sure, for yeah. eight years. You in the, at the Hopkinton uh, campus? I was in Hopkinton, yeah, sure. exactly. Running, uh, I was doing marketing and then did a whole bunch of things over eight years while I was there. And then uh, spent a couple of years doing a startup uh, based out of Stanford, Connecticut, and then joined my dad. So I've done a lot of different things, big and small. So it's you, your dad, where's your office? 
So my office is, is the is the fourth bedroom on the second floor of uh, my home. I, I heard it's lovely. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but you work with so you work with your dad. Is it is it you and your dad? You're Just the partners. My father and okay. I. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we, my dad, I work out of my house in Framingham. My dad works out of his home in, in either Cape Cod or Florida, depending on where the sun is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he he splits time between usually both Florida. Areas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, and because most of our work is with our clients is at their office. Right. You know, if I have to use a conference room, you know, I'll go find one. But yeah, uh, yeah it's just a so who's who's a typical client? Typical clients a family business, uh, usually multi generation. Um, certainly more than you know, in multiple members, obviously within the business. Um, and the the typical challenges that we deal with in family businesses are everything from helping our helping the family create a succession and transition plan. How do you move that business down to the next generation? In terms of ownership, in terms of leadership, roles and responsibilities, decision making, all those kinds of things, and we can get into that uh, a bit today. It could be helping with conflict. We have a limited time here, that. Dave. Okay, David. Sorry, I'm just. So he's he's David. I'm Dave. At least for today. So yeah. get that straight, listeners. All right. Exactly. So um, what you, you you must deal with a lot of dysfunction. Now you can yeah. you can correct me if I'm wrong. It's that there's there's a symmetry to what you do, right? Because you are you are a family business in, uh, unto yourself, and then yep. you're advising family businesses. I used to work with the lawyer who advised family businesses, and I just seemed everything was about family politics and emotion, and this sister doesn't like this brother or whatever it is. Yep. Is that exactly. what it's like? Yeah, it's exactly right. I mean, being a family business that consults to other family businesses, which is how my dad and I position ourselves, yeah, we see everything. And a lot of it's the dysfunction. It's the family dynamics. It's bringing the kitchen into the boardroom and the boardroom into the kitchen. Yeah. That's what we say. And you're talking about history. Mm-hmm. And you know, you can pick your partners, but you can't pick your family. No, you're stuck with them. Uh, we all know that. <laughs> it can be a real challenge. If we played family dysfunction stories, we might be here all day. <laughs> but... Um, but David, can you think of an example of a uh, uh, of some of some dysfunction that you helped sort out? In other words, there were there was some family strife, and you were called upon to provide your advice, and and it worked out well, or maybe it didn't work out well. But tell me, tell me an uh, yeah, example of that. I mean, every case we have has a level of dysfunction. Um, I can think about a case we were working. I mean, I'll tell you some really interesting stories yeah go for it working with a client a number of years ago um not in massachusetts in in, in a different location in this country and the the dysfunction between the family members was so high that they were just unable to create a vision for the for the direction of the business and they had multiple family members including spouses so then you got the whole in-law dynamic Mm -hmm. and in fact this brother and brother-in-law had such a poor relationship uh, I heard through the interviews that, in fact, the brother-in-law, the reason why the brother had such an issue with the brother-in-law was he got shot in the kneecaps by the brother-in-law. What? All right, so hold on. So, so, so give us, oh I know, I know you, you don't word. you don't want to reveal client confidence. Can't, cannot but, reveal the client. No, but, but give us, can but you give us at least an industry, for starters, an industry, like what sort of industry were they in? They were in a, a food distribution business. Okay. So food, and, and so... Uh, one brother had shot another brother. The brother-in-law. A brother-in-law had shot the brother. Had a gun. They were at a party. <laughs> oh my god! They were. Let's put it this way: they were south of Pennsylvania. 
Okay. So right. yeah. people can make their own conclusions as to, you know, it's that's pretty south of anybody. This, but Okay, so perhaps... It, draw your own vision. Are you suggesting that the presence of guns <laughs> and the free use of guns is just a little bit more it's, prevalent in the south? That's yeah, I, yeah, I don't think anyone would disagree. Probably so, a fair statement. And so uh, this was a night when people maybe had a few drinks and an argument ensued and someone argument shot ensued, someone. It got... There was there was physical interaction. The gun went off. Ricoch- the bullet ricocheted off the ground and blew the brother-in-law, uh, blew the blew the brother's kneecap clear off his. Oh my God! Did he recover from that? Or he recovered. He... he was a soccer player, so it obviously ended oh his soccer God. career. But yeah, he, re- he recovered from the injury. I right. wouldn't say the relationship ever recovered. Right. Yeah. And right. so you know, now that's why they didn't. Now why can't me. they be like uh, us up here in Boston, like a good like you know uh, family run by say an, an Irish family where people get drunk, you just. You just punch each other until you pass out. There's no guns involved. That's exactly right. That's, that's exactly see, that's worse to live by, people. Don't forget that. Uh, no, they're both terrible. So, so tell us, uh, yeah, give us a. So, the, so the challenge there, it, it wasn't so much. They didn't bring me in because this happened. They, it, it was they brought me in because it was tremendous dysfunction in the family. They aren't able to communicate effectively. They have bitterness and anger. There's no direction for the business, and so they bring us in to really help work through some of the family issues and challenges first, so that we can get to the businesses. Mm-hmm. But in our experience in working with family businesses, unless unless you address the family issues first, the, the, the business part doesn't matter mm. because you, you'll never get to the business challenges and providing a direction, doing strategic planning, and doing all the things you need to do to run a good business. Mm-hmm. You can't do it unless you unless the family is on board and manages the family dynamic. Right. And so that's where we come in is we really help them work through those family challenges. So I think a lot of family businesses think that you know that it, families um, have a lot of self pride, right? And they think they know what they're doing, and especially if a business has been carried from generation to generation. Do you have a challenge of convincing people that you are needed? In other words, people yeah. might think, you know, oh, we can sort this out on our own. So, right. so uh, tell me why. A family who is maybe trying to work its way through something or maybe take its business to the next level or whatever it may be, they should call you, right? Yeah. The, the re- I'll tell you why families don't call me. Okay. Families traditionally haven't called us. Either the pain in their family isn't great enough in mm-hmm. their mind that they're willing to do anything about it, or they may be too scared to actually go and address the family issues. They put it under the rug because it's been there for 20 years. Mm-hmm. The reason why family businesses or families ought to be calling us is because those issues, just because it's under the rug, doesn't mean it goes away. It's still there, and it's going to affect the ability to have a business transfer um, successfully down to the next generation. The younger generation today, more so than my dad's generation, mm-hmm. um, they want to talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, historically, these issues with my grandfather's generation or my dad's generation, eh, they didn't address it as much. But the younger generation, and even now the millennials, they want to talk about this stuff. They're, they're you know, call it more touchy feely, whatever you want to call it. They want to communicate and they want to talk about these things. And mm-hmm. so, if you don't, how do you get into a business environment? How do you get into a business relationship unless you can get the stuff out on the table, work through it, and then be able to move on and address the issues in the business? Right. And so they ought to be calling us because we can help them work through those different things, create a vision, create a successful transition, and help them move that business down. How do you deal with the the like interfamily dynamics? If you're if you're advising it, if your client is the business, how do you deal with 
the the moment where one family member tells you one thing and another family member tells you another no, thing. No, How do you a, do that? It's a great question. So whenever we start an engagement, we come in as neutrals. I don't work. For, I work for the family and I work for the business. I don't work for any one of the family members. And so, and I state that very, very clearly right off from the from the beginning mm-hmm. that we need to serve as neutrals because if if one brother feels like I'm I'm, I'm representing his brother or his dad, he's never going to open up to me. Or, or a sister or a mother or whatever it might be. And so my job, if we're doing our job well, my father and I are facilitating dialogue. We are helping the family to come together, get the stuff on the table, check your ego at the door, and open yourself up to try and work through these issues. And we help facilitate and, and manage that dialogue. At the end of the day, we don't come in and tell them you have to do A, B, and C. Right. They have to own the solution. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like me telling you you got to go to the gym. Well, that's nice. I tell you you have to go to the gym. But if you don't go and you don't want to go yourself, you're never going to go. I do have to go to the gym. Well, I, but I'm never going to tell you that because who am I? <laughs> actually, well, actually, it's, it's, it's obvious. You should tell me. Thank you for telling me. <laughs> no, I'm but the point is that the family has to own the solution. Mm-hmm. We want to help them create it and help them figure out what that is. But they have to own it at the end of the day. And so mm-hmm. we have to serve as neutrals in that environment. Well, uh, let's take a break here on Unbillable Boston. We're talking with David Karofsky, family business advisor. We're going to hear more good stories from him. Might even play a couple games with him. Stay with us here on Unbillable Boston. By the way, unbillableboston.com. And if you forget that, thebostonpodcast.com. That's right. It's that easy. Thebostonpodcast.com. Have I plugged enough? David, have I plugged enough? I gotta plug my business. Maybe we'll, we'll get to that <laughs> on the other side. We'll, on the other side, that's why you gotta stay with us on on Billable Boston. Thank you. This is Nancy Crimmins from Guess More Up to Grow, and you're listening to Unbillable Boston. How'd she do? Nailed it. Uh-huh. And we're back on Unbillable Boston talking to David Karofsky about his practice as a family business advisor. And, um, geez, I wish you heard the conversation we had off the air. Oh, my God, the stories he told me. Uh, we're talking uh, sex, drugs, rock and roll, the whole thing. Right, David? Absolutely. All right, well, maybe Absolutely. not quite. But um, we've been talking about how you handle family drama, for lack of a better word. Yeah. And you were just telling me that you have... Uh, an interesting project, endeavor, new company um, a, that you you actually put family businesses together to compare notes. Those are my words, but you tell me what it's like. Yeah, a couple of years ago, um, my father and I, for, for many, many years, have been involved with peer groups and forum groups. My dad's a former YPOer. He was in a forum group since the 70s, and so he, he understands the value of forum in the sense of getting CEOs or professionals together and sharing best practices. Uh, a few years ago, he and I started a company called the Peer Alliance, where we facilitate peer groups for people that are in family businesses. And so that's the common denominator. So peer All groups mean, mean you're putting... Putting multiple people. We're putting people from different family businesses together. In, in the a room group together, right. That we facilitate. Uh, they, get, they get together four times a year for a full day, once a quarter. And we facilitate dialogue, challenges, opportunities 
of, of what it is to be in a family business. See, I think this is great because th- th- you get people together in the same boat and they're like, I have this problem and oh my God, I had a problem like that as well. Exactly. And this is how I handle it and this is what I did. And my, you know, I was trying to, I was trying to take over. My dad was trying to let go and this is how we managed that challenge. Or I'm trying to work with my brother and he drives me crazy. This is how we've handled these situations. And so people get a chance to learn from each other, not just from my father and I as consultants, but, but learn from your peers, and which can be extraordinary. Okay, bad. so this is not a paid advertisement, but I want to make sure people know how to know how to, to do this, David, because I think this is very interesting. So if uh, you're listening and, and you're part of a business or connected to a business that might um, have a benefit uh, of listening to businesses in the same boat, how do they find out about that? So they can go to uh, they can go to my website. Call it's www.thepeeralliance.com. Oh, yeah. um, we have four groups up and running. We are trying to f- uh, round out the fourth group now. And um, if you're interested, check it out and uh, get a hold of me. Thepeeralliance.com. Okay, so now. It, uh, be honest with me. When you went online to see if thepeeralliance.com was available, were you like totally psyched when you saw that it was available? I was or thrilled was because <laughs> I, I, I was thrilled because you know the chances. Well, you, you, today, you, you, you might have you might have thought that uh, somebody grabbed that, but right. but uh, right. you got no, it. it, so, it but I was yeah. very happy that it worked out. So so I did it just to bring it all back. To, to me because I guess that's what it's all about but um, <laughs> so when I, when I, no for the so we started this podcast of course called unbillableboston.com and then I thought I got greedy I said what about bostonpodcast.com well someone had that I don't know who has it I don't know if they're using it but then I th- said well David I'm, is willing to pay for it I, if you're I, out there no I don't have no that, I may yeah I may I'll take that absolutely absolutely but um, then I said oh what about the Boston podcast and and I saw that it was available, so I, I say to myself, "Oh my God, grab it!" So uh, I did. So well, it's funny. Just on that, yeah. I, I, I must own over twenty URLs. Oh, is that right? Because of that, because yeah. I think of an idea, and I'm like, you know what? If the idea comes to fruition, great. I'm going to buy the website now. So I own different versions, and you know, if, if I do nothing with it, so be it. I think it's so. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're right, and I, I think it's not so much that um, you're like your URL immediately has value but if you use that that familiar sounding URL to put together a business plan something familiar to people then all of a sudden it's super valuable to yeah. you the, I'm not a fan of the the squatters that you know grab a whole you know the crap load of, uh, of right. uh, URLs and try to sell them to other people but no, anyway no, no, definitely not. so um, you were the other thing uh, on Billable Boston listeners that you missed as uh, David and I were chatting um, offline <clears throat> was uh, you, you briefly told me a story about one of the more interesting um, family businesses that you advised yep. and uh, the don't let me uh, put words in your mouth the patriarch was actually a pro athlete at one point and tell me that story because that so, was very interesting yeah it's it's crazy this is about f- about six years ago my dad and I were working with, with a client a father and son um, father was a performer professional professional athlete big guy Good looking, great shape, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And after he retired from his sport, um, ended up building a, a very healthy enterprise uh, worth a, a lot of money. Um, his son, non sports related, non sports related, okay. correct. Uh, yeah. And his his son, who was equally as large, six eight, two fifty, just a mm-hmm. big guy, um, spent some time in the military, a couple of tours over overseas, mm-hmm. uh, and the father really wanted the son to come into the business. Right. And. During, you know, he just wanted to get him out of the military, frankly, to protect him as a father, as, sure. as, as we all would. 
And uh, during the interview process, uh, my father and I found out that while the son was in the military overseas, the father slept with the son's girlfriend. <laughs> so so the, the son is serving his country overseas <laughs> and dad is uh, bedding serving down his, with his, uh, his girlfriend. Yikes. And so now you, you as the family business, this becomes your problem in a matter of speaking, right? Well, it becomes, yeah. I mean, it becomes our problem in the sense that this is obviously a, a major issue that, that and it, it comes down to trust, obviously, at the end of the day. Yeah. And if, if the father can't trust the son and his, if the son really can't trust the father in this situation, how can he trust him in business? Yeah. And so we were able to work through it. And believe it or not, we, we it took a lot of time, a lot of talking, a lot of working through now, it. Now, wait a minute. Okay, so just... Are working just, together. Now, you stop me when I'm asking too many questions, but so the <laughs> the, 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 the original dude, the patriarch, he, he uh, is is he married or he's single at the he time? He was Mom's divorced a, this... Okay, so... Uh, he's either on his third or fourth marriage. Okay, so... Okay, so... Uh, so... Uh, and yet the son... <laughs> Yikes! I don't know. Uh, um, I, I guess David, I'd say God bless you for managing to sort through that one. <laughs> what do you so, do with it, right? It's, yeah. So the, com- the but the company is still is company still is, uh, is, is very successful, doing very wow. well, and uh, they are in the process of handing the business down to the son, and they've been able to work through it. Needless to say, the girlfriend is long gone. Uh, oh, okay. So she's long gone. gone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah long yeah. gone. But 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 dad and son worked through it, and mm. um, God bless them. They're they're figuring that's it out. That's great. I yeah. mean, that's 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 very interesting. I mean, I can only imagine. I mean, we all have uh, family secrets, right? Like, like deep dark secrets. We do. That, 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 that and uh, for a family to be to work together and, and be a successful business, it's interesting. So um, you have uh, a charity that you're particularly passionate about. Tell, tell me about that, Dave. I do. Um, I'm on the board of a uh, charity called the Maisie Mentoring Foundation, um, M-A-Z-I-E, mm-hmm. uh, Mentoring Foundation. And uh, the program uh, finds young professionals, guys like you and me, mm-hmm. and uh, who Thank mentor. You for call- Thank you for calling me young. Absolutely, I mean, absolutely. Stretching the truth a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> and uh, we, we, we find mentors, and we mentor kids who, I don't want to say it, well, Kind of at risk within the Framingham and Waltham schools. These are yeah. these are kids in the high school who, given their their family situation or whatever it may be, are are less likely to get through the high school than maybe the average. Troubled kid. kids, yeah. Troubled kids, yeah. and so we find these professionals who mentor these kids, get them through, help them get through high school, apply for college, do all the stuff, and really act as a, as a role model. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's in both the Framingham High School and the Waltham High School. And I'm a Framingham resident, so obviously it has a special place in my heart. But I think it's a wonderful program, mm-hmm. and uh, we are we're looking to branch out and, and go into, you know, whether it's Lowell or Lawrence or Roxbury, whatever it is, and, and grow this program. But it's it's doing some tremendous things. And if people want to find out more about it, they can go to www.mazie.org. How, do you, how are we spelling Mazie? M A Z I E. Okay, that's what I would say. Mazie.org. Okay, M A Z I E. Okay, check it out. Excellent, excellent. Um, all right, so David, you got you got uh, you got five more minutes for I me. I do, I do. Okay, so I'm going to ask you to put on the headphones here because um, you're going to want to hear this intro because we are going to play uh, the five minute drill and viewers, viewers. Do we have viewers? <laughs> one day. I think we've let you in one day. <laughs> if there are hidden cameras, you might have viewers. We have listeners who might be familiar with uh, what we do call the five minute drill. So let's do it right now. The five-minute drill. Time is very precious to me. 
put that coffee down. It's about honor. It's about respect. In any fight, it's the guy who's willing to die who's going to win that itch. You were meant to be here tonight. Either you're somebody or you're nobody. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. That's right. And you know what? If if you're not inspired, if you're not inspired by that, uh, you know, medley, uh, then you have no pulse. I mean, would you agree, Dan? It was great. It was excellent. all right. Okay, thank Good. you. I appreciate. Close it. with Jimmy V. I think I Is did. That right? That's absolutely opened and closed with Jimmy V. But you're correct. Yeah, don't give up. Don't ever give up. So uh, we put five minutes on the clock, and here we go. And. Uh, this is painless, David. We're just going to ask you a bunch of questions. Okay, so uh, first question. How would your clients describe you in a couple of words? Uh, helpful, compassionate, thoughtful, useful. All right. All the words ended with full. What does that say about you? No, it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it says. I don't know. Okay. Uh, favorite breakfast cereal? Fruit Loops. That's correct, by the way. Thank you. Well, okay. Um, okay. If you had to, uh, so uh, with the warmer weather approaching, if you if you're going to the beach and you need to bring three things, what are the three things you bring to the beach? Uh, a towel, my iPod. Right. Well, uh, it, iPod. Well, what is this? Nineteen seventy-six. My iPhone. <laughs> That's true. My iPhone. Oh, he does use. Uh, okay. and, and a football. You forgot beer, but we'll, nonetheless, we'll give you credit. Okay. I'm thinking about kids. Football is important, but the kids go without saying. We, That's yeah. true. Okay. All right. Um, let's see here. What is the one thing in, uh, in a few words, the one thing that you enjoy most about working with clients? Uh, making a difference. That's, that's, uh, that's good. We're going to give them credit for that one too, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Uh, you're familiar with the Three Stooges? I am. Okay. Can you rank the three stooges in terms of of uh, value or how much you like them? Rank the three stooges. Uh, Curly, number one. That's correct. Uh, <laughs> I actually like Curly, Larry, then Mo. Really? Mo last? Mo last. Interesting. Yeah. He's, okay. he's, the, he's the abusive one. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. He is, and he should be penalized for That's that. That's true. You know what? That's That's, true. Uh, I hadn't heard that analysis, but I, I think you're spot on. Actually, and everybody always forgets Shemp. Well, well yeah, you know, Shemp, Shemp was like I, half I mean, the shows, and or not it, even half the uh, shows. And then, uh, and then there's a small fraction of shows with Curly Joe, yep. uh, Curly's strange uh, clone or whatever the hell he was. Shemp had his moments, certainly. Oh, yeah. Um, but, um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm on board with your ranking. Okay, so uh, what's the best thing about Fenway Park? Walking up the very first part of the season. The oh, very first goodness. game you go into, just walking up and seeing the grass. I'll do you one better, and I think you would sort of agree with me when when you're a kid, when you're a kid, or or you're bringing a kid, you're bringing your kid. Yeah. Now you have now you have kids, David. I do have a 16 year old son and a 12 year old daughter. Yeah, and um and I and I have two boys, and um bringing them for the for the first time. But you know what? Now that I think about it, it was a personal memory. I remember in in the late 70s, the first time I went up to a night game, you went up, and the first thing I noticed how green the field was. It was like. That's, it was fluorescent green almost, right? I'm telling you, I we had season tickets growing up on the third base line looking right down the fir- first base line, but on the third base side. Yeah. And I, that, that whatever, the corridor that leads up to the field. Yeah. If I walk up there today, I feel like I'm 10 years you old. You get chills, right? I do, I totally. Yeah. And it's it's an amazing feeling. And one quick aside on Fenway. Sure. Um, anybody should do it. I'm doing a Spartan race 
uh, for those who are familiar oh. with it, at Fenway Park. I was signed up for and one of these, and I bagged at the last minute. Uh, yeah, You should do it. I got yeah. a team. The Peer Alliance. We have a team, okay. David. You should join us. We're doing family and friends. Right, maybe I believe I it's October 19th or something like that. Oh, I can get in shape by uh, then. Or no, okay. wait, maybe it's November. It's got to be after the playoffs, even okay. though I'm not so confident. Oh, it's after the... It. It's after the soccer. It's after season, the game. Sure. Yeah, after the season. Yeah, and and what you do is you run up and down the stairs at Fenway, and then uh, you'll see areas of Fenway Park that you probably never seen. Really, before. It's, it really is unbelievable. I and get, then you finish uh, by walking along the the, the warning track past past the Green Monster down the third mm-hmm. baseline, and you finish crossing home plate, and then you chill out in the dugout. It's really cool. There's a friend of mine who's a fan, fantastic trust and states lawyer named Jennifer Taddeo, who's down in Franklin, and. She has a team every year, and she recruited me, and I uh, I faked a knee injury, and I got out of it. Like, <laughs> no, I had my knee was bothering me. What can I say? Uh, anyway, all right, let's uh, our our five minutes is waning here, David. So yep. okay, so a couple of more easy questions. Who's your favorite Muppet? Oh, the chef was oh my yes, Orzaborg the Borg the Borg. The Swedish chef is a fine oh, choice. Oh, he was excellent. Fine choice. Okay, if you had to pick. Are you an Elvis person or a Beatles person? Oh, that is so funny you asked that. Yeah. Uh, I stole that question from Quentin I actually love them both, but if I had to listen to one, I'd listen to the Beatles. Okay. And do you have a favorite Beatles song? Yeah, it's I Will, which is actually my wow. wife in my song. Is that right? Like I your will. wedding song? Yeah. Wow, how about that? I don't know if I know that song. It's but... a very unusual song. Yeah. I don't even ask me to sing a note of it, but it's it's an unusual one, but it is a it's actually a beautiful song. How about that? Yeah, All right. Uh, terrific. Okay, if you're uh, wasting time on the internet, is do you have a uh, <laughs> family-friendly guilty pleasure web- website? Um, I really... Uh, Guilty free? No, no. Um, well, just like a, a time a time waster website. Like if you're uh, just just a distraction. If I'm if I'm just taking a break, I'll, I I'll have probably plenty go of them to if ESPN or yeah, there you or, go. You know, ESPN, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll do that. Or okay. yeah, they redid the site recently. It upset a lot of people. ESPN, but um, I can tell you from experience working at Lawyers Weekly, whenever you change a website, people flip. They hate it. Yeah, it's I'm like sure. who moved my cheese? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, well, uh, this is a little delicate, but I'm going to construct your exotic film, uh, exotic film star name. And what I'm going to need is, what's your middle name, David? Mark. Okay. And what is the name of the street where it's you grew up? The street I grew up on. Mark Bullard would be the name if that's Bull- what you're coming up with. Bullard. Nah, it's not exotic it's enough. It's not. But, uh, okay. Well, we'll work on that. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. All right. Uh, let's see. Okay, we've got time for maybe two more questions. Um, tell me, um, in uh, where would you like your your practice to be in five years, or what sort of things would you like to accomplish you and your dad with your practice in five years from now? Well, my my dad is seventy one. He mm. has made a commitment to me that he wants to continue to work until he's seventy five. Mm. So five years would be about a year after he retires, and. Uh, you know, it's a good question. I've been thinking about it, but I honestly, I really enjoy working for myself, and yep. I think just continuing doing what I'm doing. I want to grow the peer groups. I'd love to be up, you know, upwards of a hundred members over the next five years or so across yeah. the country. Um, but but just continuing to, to to pick and choose the types of clients that I want to work with. I, I really think you got that. some with the peer groups. I don't. It, is there a similar? Um group in, in Boston. I don't, it, well, there are many peer groups. There's yeah. CEO roundtables and CFOs. There's a lot. 
But in terms of family business peer groups, there's a couple that are affiliated with some of the universities, but that are independently owned and operated, um, not that I'm really aware of. And okay. so I, I do. I think we're on to something. It's very special. I think the members love it. I'm with you. Okay, so uh, last question is a fun question. If you're stuck in traffic, what are you listening to in the car? Springsteen. <laughs> All right. Uh, have you seen him live? I take it uh, many times. Many times. Many times. Even taking my son to Springsteen when he was at Great Woods. I don't know what four or five years ago. All right. So um, I'm a fan of the Boss, but not a not a super devotee. But uh, this is what I'd ask you: if uh, if uh, the world were ending, the Armageddon was on the brink, and you needed to hear just three Springsteen songs, can you pick three Springsteen songs you'd like to hear? Born to Run, Thunder Road, and probably My Hometown. We're going to give you credit for all of those. And David Kurowski was a fantastic participant in the in the five-minute drill. Thank you, David. Did you have fun? That was great. Thank you. All right. I hope Armageddon never comes. Uh, me but too. if it does, the boss playing those three songs would be a decent way to, to go out. You remember when he played the Super Bowl and he had to, and he had to rush... Pack all those songs right in, and yeah. he and, and he and uh, little Steven doing that thing. Anyway, yep. listen. If you have, if you're connected with someone who runs a family business, or you are someone who runs a family business, you should talk to David Krosky. They can just call you and have a have a little chit chat, right? Absolutely. Find out if you can be helpful. All yep, right, absolutely. And um, where can they reach you? Best way to reach me is uh, either website or email. The website is www. For TCG, F-O-R-T-C-G.com. That's for Transition Consulting Group. Uh, my email is david at F-O-R-T-C-G.com. Perfect. David Groski, thanks for the time. Please uh, join us in the future. Unbillable Boston and unbillableboston.com is the URL. Talk to you soon, everybody. Have a great one. Thanks, David. No, really. Thank you. Ha, 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 ha.